Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Real inspiration for real innovators. If you're looking for innovation and leadership transformation, your journey starts now. Welcome to the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bourne. I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership and the Vice President of Innovation for Territory Global. And we are continuing our series on innovation. Today, my guest is Abdel Tefridge. Abdel is leading product development at Data Bid Machine to optimize companies' traffic acquisition. He is a technology and product executive with extensive background in e-commerce, data science, and product development. He is advising several companies in their digital transformation and scaling their data science initiatives. Welcome to the podcast, Abdel. Uh, Thank you, Natalie, and thank you for hosting me. I heard you are fluent in four languages, and I need to know what those are. (laughs) I think French, obviously Arabic, couple African dialects, and uh, I used to speak Italian, but I can pick up Italian very fast. Okay, and then obviously... English. So I feel like that might be more like almost five languages, maybe like four and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Today, I wanted to take some time to talk to you a little bit about innovation. And really, that's the focus of today's episode. I want to hear just a little bit about what you're working on right now with the data bidding machine. So the bidding machine is working as a, a team of data scientists. What we do is try to optimize Google, Facebook, Amazon give you a lot of levers to optimize a campaign. Instead of human using it, we uh, end up using a deep learning machine engine so we can try to optimize a different lever, especially the long tail keyword. Which one to buy, when to buy it, and using this uh, platform API, we help customers save an average 20 to 30%. So that 20 to 30% is pretty phenomenal. So tell me, as you've thought about approaching this project and, and this company, what are some of the valuable lessons that you learned earlier in your career that you felt drove you to to really have a focus on innovation? Because when I think about your career over the last many, many several years that I've known you, you've always had innovation at the center of it. I think innovation at the end of the day is about solving problem. What client problem you, ha- you want to solve? And then client always have a problem they want to solve. And as a fundamental, at the centerpiece, what the client wants, it saves them time. How can you save them time? And if you can focus on where they're spending their time, and then especially on repetitive tasks, or tasks that are not efficient, you will get a quick adoption, and you can get have an impactful product. It's interesting what you're saying. Innovation is about solving problems. Some people think innovation is about creating something shiny or something brand new, but I love the way you approach innovation. It's the same way that I approach it, which is what problems are customers having and then how can you solve their problem? If you can help them solve their problem, you found your next product. 100%. Economists have a saying, the need create the good. The good does not create the needs. That's really powerful. And I think that if people can think about their innovation process that way, help me understand a little bit more. How do you decipher what clients want from what they need? How do you decipher those differences? I think the biggest thing I learned now over the years is ask them what do they hate with the current process. The best thing would be if you can go chat side with a customer and listen with your eyes, observe the process. And then, again, like I said, it's about saving time. Life, at the end of the day, is time and how do you use it? If you can observe the process 
and then ask them, when you ask people what do you want, they don't understand what technology can do. Say, what do you hate today about your current process, your current job? What, what takes you a lot of times? And then if you can go listen with your eyes, observe them, you can see a lot of things that they don't even articulate it because they get used to doing it. The second thing, my second source of, uh, when I go to a company, I say, give me your ticket, your customer ticket. Every company I've worked with, I always ask for the customer ticket. When I get a customer ticket, I find a lot of value in them because that's what customer complain. And I think every feedback is a gift. Customer feedback, a gift, especially the one that are unhappy. And if you can take those feedback and connect the dot, you can unleash a lot of value for them. Well, I want to recap that because you said a few things that were very powerful. It's what do they hate? Observe their process. How can you save them time? Look at their customer tickets or their complaints and customer feedback is a gift, which I think a lot of people <laughs> may not agree with that, but I think you're right. So talk to me more about why is customer feedback a gift? Because I think you need that feedback look because Ultimately, who are you serving? People who are using the tools. And then when they're mad, I think, I believe Bill Gates said, you're most a happy customer as your best for product development. I'm boosting his code, but I can send you the code later. Uh, I like his code about it. And then what happened, why it's a gift? Because you need to close the feedback loop to improve your product. It's not about what you think. And then I tell people over the years, I travel all over the world, met customers all over the world, and I've netted out regardless of culture, religion, the things. Every customer that you meet care about two things, themselves and their problem. So if you want to succeed any product, any presentation, you got to map it to their, their need and them themselves. It's as basic as you can get. I like what you said. You said you need to close the feedback loop. So people care about themselves and the problems that they're trying to solve. So help me understand, how do product teams or anybody that's listening for customer needs, how do they close the loop between what the buyer wants and what the end user wants. Cause I feel like there's this dance, right. That we play between, well, I have to sell the product to this buyer, but the end user is going to be thinking about and looking at different things than the buyers looking at. hundred percent, especially in software and B2B that that's the case. And the sales people tend to meet with a buyer and then discover, and then the feedback is always a UI versus a backend. So I think what I've done, what I told the sales team, we're going to meet the buyer and then ask the buyer, can he introduce to the end user if you brand new product? And then say, who in your team going to use the product? Actually, if anything, the buyer appreciate that you care about the end user. A lot of some people are afraid of engaging other users. But I think once you do that and you get the feedback of the entire food chain, you might get more adoption. And then the buyer usually get involved in renewal. And then before renewal, well, I, I work for vendors and I work for customers. Even me, I was a buyer. And then what happened when the software company come, renewals come in a month, a week before, I called my end user and then I asked them for feedback. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And most of self team don't realize it. Actually, the most important person that influence the buyer is the end user. I call them adjacent user. You need to go track them down because your renewal rate happened not a week before or three days before. It happened through every day. The renewal rate happened every day. And then that's why I tell the sales team, you need to monitor the usage of your product. You need to get an alert on your product. If nobody's using it three months before renewal, it more likely is not going to renew. This is important not only for 
sales, <laughs> but product and marketing. I mean, what, what you're saying is brilliant because usually when we're in a sales conversation, we want to talk to the buyer. And sometimes we feel like introducing the end user will actually introduce objections. But what you're saying is brilliant because if you don't introduce the objections before they buy, you're going to introduce them after the, the products implemented. If they have an issue with something in the product, right? So it would be better to get those objections up front and know that end user up front so that you can continue to cultivate that relationship. And then by the time it's time for a renewal, you've had dialogue along the way, you've been improving the product along the way. That's a different mindset than I think people go into those conversations with. 100%. Let me tell you something what I did. In every company, when I take over a product team, I made sure the product team, I call it the village meeting and the sales contact, customer service, engineer, the lead engineer, we meet every week. And the first thing I've done, made sure that team, the customer service staff was a ticket of the current customer. Because I think everybody I cut up in new features, roadmap, who cares about roadmap? What problem are we solving? So I purposely start with, because sometimes we chase new customer versus solving the existing one. Now they call it gross team, but I used to call it the village meeting where you bring a cross-functional team. Then to your point, everybody needs to be aware of this context. And so what are some of the things you guys cover in that meeting? What are, what are some of the conversations you're having? Uh, I'm doing that even the bidding. What we start with the current customer. What's the pain point? What they are? What's the performance of the product? What is the usage? And why is it not working? Because we need to prioritize always unleash value for them. And then we take the pain point. We say, okay, here is what we do in short term, medium, long term. Then we talk about the pipeline, what is coming. Then we talked about between the existing customer and the pipeline, what is a common request? Then we make sure we review that in the roadmap. The roadmap should not be driven by somebody's vision or somebody's craziness. It should be tied to the pain point of the current customer and the upcoming one. And then we said, which of the pain point going to have? I call it follow the money. Which one going to have the most impact on both of them? That's really good. So one of the things that I think is powerful, you know, as you move into larger and larger organizations, and you know this, sometimes communication breaks down, especially when you're in these large matrix organizations. And the idea of this cross-functional meeting, bringing together product and software engineering and customer service, it's the idea that if we don't continue to communicate, we're not going to win. And I love that at the heart of that, you're putting what is the customer saying, not what's on our roadmap. And that's a total flip than I think most of these cross-functional meetings take on. A lot of times they're very focused on what are we going to build in the future, not what is our client saying today. 100%. And roadmap tend to be very internal focus. It's good for the company. It, it, who cares? The roadmap is very, very, uh, is aligning internal resource. It should be flipped. It should be about... Um, it's just too flipped. Well, I love getting ideas from customers because I think they're one of the best places that we can get new and innovative ideas from. And I feel like a lot of times, and I would curious on how you solve for this. I think a lot of times what I see in most companies, especially when I'm coming in to consult, is they focus a lot on what they think and what their ideas are and how they think the product roadmap should look. And when you ask, well, what what customers have we talked to? What customers have we engaged? And tell me about what's going on in their account. A lot of times that feedback is very thin. 
But talk to me a little bit more about what is your process for listening to customers and how do you translate what they say, especially when they're non-technical, into what would be a usable product? One company that nailed it is really Amazon with a product press release because I think they flipped the whole model of Roadmap because Roadmap just makes the leadership feel better. They're like, oh my God, here is how we prioritize. I think for the Roadmap, Amazon makes them for every feature, what is the outcome for the customer? What's the press release? Do we have a quote of the customer? So I try to do the same thing, clear outcome, uh, where you can continuously, you should have a list of hypotheses. Hey, with everything we read, all the feedback that I said, listen, uh, listen with your eyes, all these things, all these new features, instead of being in this giant roadmap, should be create a list of hypotheses or testing. How can we quickly test it, validate it, then you get into a more priority list. So I think that separation is important. I don't, I'm not against roadmap. I just think it should be more outcome-based, like an OKR. What value are you going to deliver for the customer? That's really good because to me, when we do design thinking, that's exactly what we're doing. We're putting our customer at the center of everything we build. So the question is, when I put this feature on the roadmap, how does it impact the customer? And that also includes, I think, infrastructure, which is below the surface and the customer doesn't necessarily see. It's, again, how does this speed this process up for the customer? How does this ensure the speed of, you know, the functions of what they're trying to do in their day-to-day? I think even on an infrastructure standpoint, you can put the customer at the center and you can point to how does this impact them long-term? Yeah. So let me tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. My earlier entrepreneur, I got trained by a sociopath, serial entrepreneur, <laughs> who had business all over the place. Now imagine that. Natalie, and what happened, every time we go to a country, he would send me to country, and everybody tell me how they, they tell me how they are different, how different culture, different customer, you don't understand. One day he got sick and tired of all the group telling him how different they are. This is in the 80s, late 80s. We got a phone conference call. He said, listen, I don't care your culture, your gender, your race, blah, blah. I do not care. If you work for perfect business, there is two activities. Every activity should be tied to attracting new customer or retaining existing one. Even if you clean the bathroom, you got to show me how you tie to those two. If it's not tied to those two, let's stop it. I, I think company in general, as they get bigger and people grow, people get complacent, so they have a lot of internal meetings. I made sure, even at Home Depot, Honeywell, wherever I work, even my developer, I used to take developers everywhere. Every customer visit, every store, try to be in the environment. You almost got to be an anthropologist. And not just a product team, even the engineer. They're like, no, an engineer is super introvert. You don't understand. I'm like, it's BS. Everybody needs to understand the customer context. You work for a freaking profit business. I don't care what role you do. You got to just understand the customer context. I like what you said. You said that every action needs to point to how do we impact a new customer or retain an existing one. And I have to tell you, I wholeheartedly agree devs should be in front of customers. Developers need to sit in front of customers and hear the problem for themselves. Because sometimes that the telephone game, right, by the time it gets to them, it's watered down and it's not exactly what was said. And so we find that the product doesn't meet the full needs and when they can hear it from the customer and they can ask questions and take that problem direct, you find the solution they bring to the table is more powerful. Yeah. Especially if they meet the end user. 
Every time I talk to a custom uh, engineer, by the way, they were like, oh my God, this is so stupid. And they fix it the next day. You get higher velocity of development and more impactful. By the way, everybody who work wanna see the impact of their work. You, you're gonna motivate the engineer mesh. Look at Adam, how you saw me, was my team. You saw how I took a smaller team. They were mesh more motivated. Took them to a lot of customer, McNair, people that I work with, you, when we work together, career builder, that smaller team have a massive impact. Right. Help me help others. So for our listeners, if they want to think outside the box more, if they want to impact their day-to-day work more, be more innovative, think outside the box, not be beholden to the way the process is done today, what is some advice you can give them? Okay. Number one, we already talked about it, cover in detail, all the things that we discussed, the custom obsessions, empathy, understanding deeply, and then collect the information. To connect the dot, you need to collect the dot. Collect the dot from sales team, from the end user, from your engineer, collect the dot, and then connect it. The second one, I think what happened for somebody who jumped different industry, people tend to have the herd mentality in every industry. They do the same idea. They are competitive, obsessive, and, and people rotate, and the same idea gets recycled. So try to find other industry outside and benchmark with them. See how they solve the same problem. Because each industry is a different state. So Steve Jobs, third one, Steve Jobs say, creative people is people who take idea from many, many, life is a remix. Everything you do is a remix. But in order to get more idea, do that. The second thing, work in cross-functional team. Like I did myself, I went shift from business development, data science, engineer, go to different conference. Again, the other problem, if you go to data science conference, if you go to 3.5, you hear the same thing. You go to product and, uh, conference, after a while you hear the same boss. So what I try to do throughout the year, I go to each different conference. The idea of cross-functional team is key for thinking out of the box. I love that. So customer sessions, connect the dots, get rid of that herd mentality, which yes, absolutely. I think everybody's trying to say, well, what's my competitor doing? Okay, let's do the same thing. So so remove that and then get out and actually experience different conferences. Don't go to the same types of conferences, but get different trains of thought in your mind so that you can create different outcomes than everybody else. So any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, look, it's a journey. And then, you know, I'm, I've done many, many industry, many things. What I've learned, everything we know at any given moment is incomplete or wrong. When you get to my age, you realize. So keep learning, keep your beginner mind, and be curious. It's a wonderful world. We live in an extraordinary time. Despite the tragedy with COVID, the things, there's going to be a lot of transformation. It's incredible, the time that we're living, and innovation accelerated. Anybody can do a lot of, have impact for it. Anybody can be impactful. Don't let fear, observation, your own security hold you back. It's amazing, amazing world. And there's a lot of toolkit if you're willing to just jump on it. Don't let fear hold you back. I think everybody needs to put that wherever they work every day and whatever they look at every day. Don't let fear hold you back. Thank you, Abdel, for your time today. Natalie, thank you for hosting. I enjoyed it. And to our listeners, thank you for joining the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. You can follow Abdel on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this podcast, let's get the word out by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this episode on your social media platforms. And remember, don't just get out of the box, break the box and set it on fire. Let's go transform something. 
Thank you for joining us for the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Innovation Meets Leadership. And visit our site at innovationmeetsleadership.com for more innovation resources. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.